0: This is the Amazing Education Podcast. Powered by the Ames Community School District, I'm your host, Eric Smith. On today's episode, we're joined by Chris Snyder from Drake University. We're going to have an amazing conversation about the current landscape of social media, the pros and cons of various platforms, and how it has evolved over time. Chris Snyder, thank you for being on this episode of The Amazing Education Podcast. How are you?
1: I'm good. Good to be here.
0: So this topic, we're going to talk about social media today, and we're going to talk about a lot of different things um, related to social media. This has sort of been on my list of topics that I've wanted to cover for a really long time, so I am really excited to be able to, to dive into this. You're a professor at Drake. I am. And just talk to me the areas of which you teach and, and your expertise.
1: So I teach, um, many classes in many, uh, different programs, but the main things that I teach are multimedia. So your audio, your video, your photography, I teach digital media strategies, which spans social media to web strategy, including, you know, search engine optimization, analytics, things like that. Um, and I teach a web design class. Uh, But my true passion really is in social media and how businesses can use social media
0: to be successful. So we're going to talk about how businesses use social media, you know, but as an education podcast, you know, I think it's going to be important for us to also dive into, you know, what students are doing on social media, um, because there's a lot that I don't know about this. I mean, this is honestly going to be a really... Uh, a learning episode for me as well. So you also do a weekly newsletter on social media. I subscribe to it. I do get it. <laughs> um, it has a lot of like, I read these things and I'm like, geez, Louise, like I have no idea, you know, and and I work in social media. So it's just, it's an ever changing landscape.
1: Yeah. And that's why I started writing the newsletter because, you know, I, I just started thinking, man, if I'm going to keep up with, every, you know, if I'm going to, It's hard to keep up with everything going on in social media, but if someone's going to do it, it might as well be me, Uh, you know, and then there's things in there too that like, I mean, I'm not a Snapchat user, but Snapchat makes changes. And so, uh, and so, I mean, some of them I can see, but it's nice to have, you know, an audience of 18 and 19 year olds that I can go to and say, okay, Snapchat did this, walk me through this, explain this to me.
0: So let's, let's talk through, we're going to start kind of big picture. Like, how did you start you know, studying social media, I mean, both you and I um, were around when social media just started, and then we've seen it grow over the past, you know, what, 10 plus years. Mm -hmm. Um, What got you to start really studying it?
1: So I moved to Des Moines in 2005 to uh, start a publication called juice juice was geared toward people aged 25 to 34, the yep. Des Moines register and Gannett were behind it. And so I, I was the editor, uh, had a, you know, staff of 10 people and was told, Hey, your job is to reach people age 25 to 34 in Des Moines. Cause that's an audience being underserved of uh, the advert advertisers want to reach and the register. Wasn't didn't have a product that reached them. Yeah. And they said, and oh, by the way, good luck, because no one succeeded in doing this this yet. Um, (laughs) No big deal. (laughs) And so, and I'm like, well, you didn't tell me that before you hired me. Uh, But, you know, early on, I noticed that the young people on staff, younger than me, were using MySpace. They were on MySpace. And so I said, all right, let's have a meeting. Let's figure out how we can use MySpace. And so we built a plan for how we could use MySpace. Uh, MySpace lets you search by age, so you could go say... I'm looking for people in Des Moines, age 25 to 34. Yeah. And so that's who we became friends with. We created a juice MySpace. We uh, we saw out people that age. Um, Plenty of other people were using MySpace at the time for similar reasons, but we said we're going to do it better than everyone else. And so we would put out the call, say, we're looking for for people in this age group who are interested in this thing. And so we could really lock in to only have people in that age group in our our product. And so so that kind of got me started. Uh, Facebook, not too long after that, opened up uh, to people outside of colleges. So we immediately created a Facebook profile. Started adding friends so fast that Facebook shut us down pretty quickly. Um, But, you know, as new things kind of came in, we we were on top of those. Uh, Eventually, I moved to the Des Moines Register newsroom and did all that same stuff with the Des Moines Register. Okay. And just decided, you know, and then I got offered a job to to start teaching, and it wasn't to teach social media. It wasn't what I was necessarily being offered to teach, but I said, you know what, I need an area of of expertise, and I'm going to make it social media. Is
0: MySpace still around?
1: Uh, It's still around. Uh, It's still there. Every once in a while. I think every time what I do is every time uh, like Twitter or Facebook goes down, uh, that's that's my cue. Go check on MySpace. (laughs) So Facebook was down recently. So I I think I checked on on MySpace then and it was still around. I think Justin Timberlake owns most of it. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's music. it's, It's all music right now.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Um when you said that I mean obviously I asked the question. You know, I wonder how many people listening are like, "Oh yeah, my space. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's just you don't hear about it anymore." So as a, as a school district, you know, we're we're on I mean I call them the big 3, but I you know, I welcome you to push back on that. You know, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram there's a lot of other other stuff so like what's the current state of i mean facebook's the big one still right and they own instagram so i mean they're kind of like the big one still but what else is give us a state of social media right now
1: so you call it the big three i call it the big eight right okay so so i see there there are there are eight legit profitable social networks out there right that probably makes sense for most of us to at least consider being on so we have Facebook, we have Instagram, we have Twitter. Was that your three? Yep, Instagram, yep. Twitter. Um, YouTube.
0: Oh, we're also we're, on YouTube Yeah, as well. so right, some right. people don't consider a social network, but
1: but I do. It has yeah. everything we do on social network. Uh, TikTok, right, which is newer. Pinterest, Snapchat, and LinkedIn. And so I think businesses...
0: Oh, we're on LinkedIn too. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> we're excelling. So yeah. So, how, so, so, talk to me the difference between them. So, I guess we're on uh, five of the Big Eight then uh, as a school district, but maybe outline the difference here between. I'm an adult, right? So I, I take my adult lens to social media, and that's that's what I use it for, um, somewhat personally, but then you know representing the district as well. I take that adult approach to it. And at least my understanding, when I, I look at the other ones that you noted there, there's TikTok and Snapchat, notably, that I feel are a lot more maybe younger generation driven. Am, am I right or wrong in that?
1: Yeah, you're right. And I, so I think that, um, you know, generally, you said the difference between them is generally all these social networks try to basically have each other's features. They all, they all want to be the same, right? Yeah. They're all like in this rush to all do the exact same stuff. Yeah. Um, and so you really need to differentiate it between audience, kind of where, where you went to, yeah. right? And so, you know, for the Drake School of Journalism social accounts, I mean, we we think of Facebook as where we're going to reach alumni and parents, yep. right? We think of Instagram and TikTok where we're going to reach current students and prospective students. And even TikTok, a little bit more in the prospective students area uh, than, than the current students area. So approaching them from... Uh, the standpoint of who the audience is for them makes makes really the most sense yeah. for for a business organization.
0: At this point, so I find it personally interesting to try to keep tabs certainly not on your level, but of the technology world and we're just kind of living in this world of that is really managed and organized by technology companies in, in many ways, and, and social media is a part of that, and we're going to get to a number of different things around that. If I were, I mean, if you were to pitch to me, hey, as a school district, you should be on Snapchat and, and TikTok, should, like, should we be? What, what's, what would be the pitch for that? Because our primary audience is parents, our broader community stakeholders. You know, we have direct communication, obviously, with our um, – our teenagers and our students, you know, at our middle school and high school. Um, am, am I right? Am I wrong? What, what do you think?
1: Yeah. So, you know, the one thing that's nice is that I do have direct access to college students and a lot of high school students, too, because yeah. I do summer camps and other speaking with high school. And so that that's where I figured I try to figure this stuff out, like who should be using these and, and talking with them. And so I, you know, five years ago, I would have told you you should be on Snapchat. But now I would say you probably shouldn't you probably don't need to be on Snapchat, right? Okay. At least it can be a lower priority because for the most part, students are using that for uh, one-to-one communication. It's kind of, it's a messaging app more so for them. Now, there are the ability to post public stories, and some people still do that, but so, that's, that, that's not how young people view Snapchat right now, as a one-to-many communication tool. They view it as more of a one-to-one or one-to-a-small group. Tool. On Snapchat. On Snapchat.
0: Now... So I, whereas you and I would just text each other, they don't text each other. They would just communicate a lot via Snapchat.
1: Yeah. So I still always ask the question. So, so, the, so the, the question I ask about Snapchat is when you meet someone for the first time at a party at an event, right? So yeah. you're, you've never met them before and you need to exchange contact information, what do you exchange? Yeah. And, and the answer is still Snapchat username basically connect what? on connect on Snapchat first. So that's kind of the okay. the baseline level right. of, you know, it seems like willing to let anyone have their Snapchat, anyone have that ability to message them there, but that's still the 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 baseline
0: communication tool for them. This is incredible. So I mean, part of the thought process around doing this type of podcast episode is in hopes that it can be somewhat educational for parents. Now, I have younger kids. I, they do not have social media yet. They're in elementary school, so I'm not quite to that point where I have to, you know, manage this on a parent level. But, you know, obviously we have a lot of parents, hopefully, who are, are listening to this that do have um, teenagers. So what's the... I sort of have like a love-hate relationship (laughs) with social media, as I think maybe a lot of people do at this point. Um, I don't do, honestly, a lot of social media personally. Um, I do some, not a ton, I honestly try not to live on it. Um, sometimes my, my job and position require me to engage with it more than what I would like. But then I also take it very seriously from a business standpoint. And in many ways, um, a school district of our size, it's a large business. You know, We have nearly 700 employees. We have um, $128 million operating budget. And so we have a lot of information that we want to get out. And so and I'm going to talk about that in a little bit too but so we use I use it from a business sense as well and there's a lot of businesses that continue to use social media what's the good and bad of of all of this
1: so i think from a business organization standpoint i mean the good is that you can you can potentially reach a lot of people there right i mean people are on social media you yeah. know i came from you know print newspaper world and online newspaper world and the thing we always said as things were changing is that we need to go to people where they are. We need to take information to people where they are, and so it always made sense for us to take news to Twitter, yep. take news to Facebook, and take, I agree with that take news to where they are and so so that's the benefit is you, you that's that's where your audience is you know um. You know, I think so. Google is obviously the number one search engine in in the world. Uh, you know, YouTube has been set as num- number two. I think Amazon is up there too. But yeah. I mean, just understanding where these people are and, and what what they're looking for. And people are on Facebook looking for information about their kids' school. I think you hundred I mean, percent. You know, you expect their to, the PTO to have a a page and a group on there you expect to have parent organizations you can you can join but you expect to be able to find information out there for them so so people are there and you can reach people there the the downside to it is that it's getting harder and harder to do that without paying money to reach people so organic reach is getting harder and harder on social media so these social medias do not prioritize uh businesses on their networks right so Mm -hmm. so they you know they, and there's kind of been this change in what they do prioritize. So they, they used to priori- prioritize friends and family and still do. So, right, so you should see stuff from your friends and family. Yeah. Uh, then we kind of went through this influencer phase, yeah. right, where people who have a big, like real people with a big following was, was a big deal and still is a big deal. Um, but we're kind of into this creator phase now where these people who can create the best content are. Who are going to win on social media? That's why you're going to see a TikTok from some random 16-year-old student at Ames High School, yeah. you know, suddenly get viewed millions and millions of times, which would not have happened five years ago. That yeah. that didn't exist, uh, but it does exist now. And most of most of our most of us who are own a business or do social media for business are not creative enough to live in that creator world of social media. And so that's the downside: is that it's kind of reels and TikTok. Are and live audio rooms. Some of these new things are kind of leaving some of us behind. And so, if you you own a business and you maybe are good at taking photos of things, that was wonderful ten years ago, uh, but it's twenty twenty one, and that's not necessarily making the cut now.
0: So, what do I have to do? I mean, it, it uh we were cutting edge, you know, years ago, and now I'm hearing, oh, maybe a little bit more more uh, extinct. That are, like, are we living in a social media world that is now being run by? you know, teenagers, 20 somethings. And I mean, is that where it's trending? I suppose that's inevitable almost in any industry, though. But
1: yeah, I mean, you know, this is a world where things tend to start with younger people and work their way up. Right. So it's always kind of been that way. And so so we need to adjust. I see us as needing to adjust to what younger people are doing on social media. So. So, yeah. And and social media has changed, too. But, you know, I, I think that you should be on TikTok in some format right Ooh. and and it's again it's thinking about what is the information that we want to get in front of a certain audience yep. and right now that audience is probably your students yep. who are on TikTok yep. and how can we present that in a TikTok-y kind of a way right Ooh. and so we need to understand TikTok and how how we do that and when Snapchat first launched I and we had uh, the School of Journalism on Snapchat, like yep. I was not going to be the one doing that. I knew mm-hmm. I needed to, to find students to do that. Same yeah. with TikTok. Like I do not touch as much as I want to. Like yeah. <laughs> I want to dive, jump in there, but you know, I, the students run our TikTok because that's the way it needs to be right now. Yeah. Um, and the students used to run our Instagram, but now, well, I un- un- feel like I can handle the Instagram.
0: Yeah. I think that's what I would need to do. I mean, honestly, I would have to have high school students doing this for us. Because they get it, um, right? They they totally get it. So, I recently did a presentation just on our district communications plan, and I I hit on a number of the things that you said. Generally speaking, you know, coming from the school district, we're a one-way social media communication platform. Like like you said, that's where people are. Mm-hmm. Um, I do take efforts to. You know, use graphics, use photography. Although now I'm hearing that maybe I need to up my game even a little bit more on social media. But try to pull people in because you know naturally people are just you know thumbing through stuff and it can get missed. I do say that is it is a viable form of communication to get people out. I mean we post multiple multiple things a week, sometimes multiple things a day, and and I always Mm -hmm. see social media as a bit of an archive, and I don't know if that is is valuable or is accurate, but people can go through our, our social media and they can just see what's happened over the last year if they're so inclined to do so. So it is something that I think about a lot. Um,
1: and I think that's good. And I think that there are, there are probably people out there that maybe maybe they're considering enrolling their kids in this school district and so that would be useful for them right i mean think about the times that you've gone to a facebook page whether it's for a restaurant or something and just said let me just let me just scroll through for a while and figure out if this looks like the place i want to go or maybe you're hiring a home builder let me just scroll through and see what they've done over the last year and see what what it looks like uh but but that archive aspect of it is is a big part of it for for users
0: yeah i think so um just like the website, you know, websites are, are still very viable. They're a great entry point for for information, for um, a business, uh, but social media is too. So one of the things that, and and just so you know, and I know you agreed to it before, we might have to do a, a, an, a second episode on this because we're hitting on a lot of really good things, but we have a lot of other topics that I do want to hit on that can be really beneficial for our parents. Um, so... If you're good with it, let's do, let's do a second episode. The Facebook files—I've had—I've had, I've had uh, personal experience with this. One of the—I'm sure you've read through a lot of this stuff already. Mm-hmm. Um, I've scanned through it and and engaged with it somewhat. Wall Street Journal has done some reporting, and and it's known that, you know, Facebook's not perfect. It, social media is not perfect, and but one of the things that kind of came to light, and we probably already knew it, is that they tried to make the platform a little bit healthier. Um, But in many ways, it made the platform angrier. And this is the story, I think, on a lot of different topics. But this is the area that A lot of industries and in our industry as well probably struggle with with the most is the civility on on Facebook.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's, you know, that's where, you know, you you get into the algorithm and that's where things become, you know, really big, big topics that I think need to be addressed by government and, you know, high higher level uh, regulations, things like that. Um, but yeah, you know, so you, you create a network where you're trying to show people things that they want to see, right? If that's your goal is I want to, you know, yeah. when you log into Facebook, there are hundreds if not thousands of things that Facebook could show you. Yeah. And they're trying to figure out now, what are you most interested in? Mm-hmm. And then what happens is, uh, you know, is, is suddenly they, they realize that you're interested. There's, there's a lot of divisive issues out there. Yeah. And so that's what gets comments. That's what gets gets reactions on Facebook. Yeah. So Facebook gets the, the sense that people like this and shows us more of that. And I think that algorithm, you know, ultimately kind of pushes people apart who probably weren't that far apart yeah. before, or at least weren't that far apart, weren't, weren't willing to put themselves out there in, in public as being that far apart. Yeah. But that algorithm kind of push them a little bit. So, you know, if you feel strongly that masks are a horrible thing and, but you're not gonna say anything about it, but suddenly you see a lot of posts from other people that that say that same thing, where you're gonna start getting a little bit braver and a little bit braver and willing to put yourself out there.
0: You know, and I'll say this in that I was talking with other um, school communications directors and I've known this probably for years but I really came to the realization that you know the genie is not going back in the bottle on this like the we're going to be managing just social media presence whatever the next viral thing is for the rest of my career in in communications and you know I'll say this here in that as a school district, you know, I talk with our superintendent on a daily basis and I talk with other district leaders and our building leaders. We have a genuine interest in knowing, like, what do our parents think? Like, wh- like how do they feel about this topic and that topic? Because the thing that I've learned in this position is that, yes, there are two sides to every topic. It doesn't mean that if if one falls on this side that everything that the other side says is is absolutely wrong. And so we always try to find, all right, what's that balance in between there? And the thing that has become really difficult is to kind of get a sense of what, like, what does the average person think on this particular topic? Because all we hear about oftentimes through social media is, I don't like this, or I really like this. and And is that reflective of our community? Is it not? Um
1: I think it's reflective of what works on these social networks, yeah. right? So I, I think that we know that divisive things work on those. Like, yeah. you know, I just see it a lot. So so I live in the Waukee School District, mm-hmm. and so I guess last night two parents came forward in a meeting to ask that two, ban- two books not be used in school, yep. Yep. right? And that's a fairly minor thing that, that – that, Basically, two parents who I think were married to each other, right? So one sure. one family <laughs> feels this way yeah. and decides to put it in front front of other people, and now this is all over social media. I mean, this is all I see on social media yeah. is this thing that just one right. And so now we've got this huge divisive issue. Yeah. But only one one family out of yeah. tens of thousands, you know, felt, felt this way. Yeah. And, and but it's but it, you know, now we're all going to weigh in and suddenly it's going to feel like we've got to pick sides on this book. Yeah. And and it just kind of blows things up. Yeah. Um, you know, and and I think the news organizations that covered it, you know, they that's what they've got to decide. I mean, yes, it is in our local community, but is is this newsworthy when one
0: family asks for this to happen, or are they doing this because they know it's going to blow I up know. on social media? Yeah. The, um, the other challenge that we have as a school district and other industries and businesses have this challenge as well, I think public schools are unique in that, you know, we are working with the most valuable thing for parents, which is, you know, their kids. And so they, you know, I get it. Like, I am a parent. Like, I I get it. I get the passion and emotion around topics when you're advocating for your kids. And I respect it 100%. One of the other challenges that we have is having that balance of accurate information, and we want to get it to our parents. We're not as quick as kids. You know, we're not as quick as students. You know, we we have to kind of pump the brakes on a few situations and say, all right, it's more important for us to get accurate information out. And I'll give you an example. We had to um, issue a hold in place at, at one of our secondary buildings. It was due to you know, a student situation that was removed um, from the vast majority of, of our student population. And, and you know, so our building administrators, they're, they're working with that student. And obviously, that's the most important thing right there there's no way that we could compete in getting information to our parents before they even heard about it and then before it gets to social media. And, of course, you know, these are all learning lessons for me personally and us as a district on, you know, how do we expedite that. And obviously we do, but we can't just say, hey, something happened. Uh, We'll give you the details in a little bit. Well, that doesn't help either, you know, our parents. So, Um, But the version of the stories are so – you know, wide that it's, it's, it's challenging and it's going to forever be a challenge.
1: Right. And that, and that's the, that's the part that you, that we don't need to be that archive that lives forever, which is the things happening in real time and trying to figure, uh, those things out is, is, is tough. Right. And, and that's, you know, Information has probably always spread in some way faster than you know the uh, official word can get out on things if yeah. something if something happened you know if thirty years ago something happened on your your block and you were there to witness it, yeah. so you're probably going to call some up on the phone and tell them about it. but now you know our tool is so much more powerful and can yeah. reach so many more people and people want that information so quickly that 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 that's a big challenge you know because someone will be like, oh there was an incident at this school, and suddenly you'll have parents talking about probably 10 different incidents yep. at the school. I'm like, well, wait, what incident are we even talking yep. about here? Because, you know, to to this student, this thing was the big incident at school yeah. today. Yeah, right. And so it's, it's just kind of a tough situation. And, you know, even going on and saying instantly, you know, we're aware of a situation at this and uh, we'll update you on it soon. Yeah. Well, suddenly that's going to make more people aware that they need to go figure out what this incident was and they're gonna start asking more questions, yeah.
0: And I get it. I mean, I get information from social media too. Like I'm not immune to this. Like I live in this, you know, ecosystem of, hey, where do you get information, you know? Um, The challenging part just, you know, doing this for a a large organization is, you know, I feel like there are times when we're um, chasing not the most accurate information but managing you know how viral it is and so you know we had an, a situation you know just over the last couple of weeks where there's a lot of just like in completely inaccurate information um, but there's a lot of a lot of people involved that have to um, have conversations before some of that can get cleaned up and so you know the pace of it um, we can't always meet so um, anyway, well, let's do a, uh, let's do a round two, Chris. Um, right. we'll, we'll, wrap up this episode. So everyone who's listening, thank you first and foremost. Um, we hope that you share this and, and we're going to turn around and do a second episode on social media.